In the fitness industry of 2020, just staying afloat was an achievement in and of itself. But as we move into 2021, with hopes of a more optimistic future, now is a great time to focus on the changes, what have happened, and how they've altered the fitness industry forever. So how do we get back to a place where we all feel a little bit more comfortable? And what exactly will this new type of normal look like in the coming year? I'm going to identify my three key predictions and going to give you some actionable tips to ensure that you maximize these opportunities to your advantage. Hey, I'm Will Brereton, founder of Shift Fitness, and this is Group Fitness Real Talk, a show about how to survive and even thrive in group fitness in 2021 and beyond. Hello and welcome to our first episode of 2021. This episode is going to focus on my key predictions for the year and the key things instructors need to know going in so that they can make the most of the opportunities that are coming. But before we get into that, I wanted to take a short moment to reintroduce this podcast and our reasons for starting it. When the pandemic hit and lockdown started, me and the team at Shift were as worried as everyone else. We're on a bit of a roll, having grown by thousands of new instructors at the start of the year, and quite frankly, we were freaking out about what lockdowns were going to mean for our instructors, and by extension, for our business. Looking back, it was all a bit of a blur. But what we settled on quite quickly is that we needed to help our instructors do whatever they needed to do to survive. And that meant, in the first instance, understanding how to pivot to digital delivery. From about the second week of lockdown, we started a weekly session called Shift School for our instructors, during which we broke down all the essentials to getting online, from delivery to production to platform. And right from the start, we often had over 100 instructors registered with many more watching the replay. It's fair to say that in the first few months of lockdown, we had quite a few instructors joining Shift because they weren't allowed to teach their other programs online. And at that point, it became quite clear to us that the fitness, fitness industry was very siloed. We were helping shift instructors, Zumba was helping Zumba instructors, Les Mills was helping Les Mills instructors, but there wasn't really a clear place that welcomed all instructors and gave them the tools to survive 2020 without a focus on a particular brand. It's my genuine feeling after 20 years in the industry that we can only make it through this together, and that quite often there can be a bit too much tribalism in group fitness. This goes back to freestyle versus pre-choreography. It's present today in brand versus brand. It always happens in style versus style. But my view is we can all learn from each other. And that's something I think we should be doing a lot more often. And so that's how this podcast was born. Out of a desire to take on all the topics that group fitness instructors need to know to survive in the modern fitness industry. While also being upfront and real about the realities. No sugarcoating, no bullshit, no hard sell on any one thing. Just me and other people from the industry sharing what we've learned, what challenges us, what interests us, and what we think is coming around the next curve. That's where you guys come in. We've got a few things planned for 2021, but ultimately we want this podcast to talk about the things you need or want to know, not just the things that we think you should know. So if you have any questions you need answered, quandaries you'd like elucidated, I want you to let me know. Send me an email at will at shiftfitness.com, so that's S-H-1-F-T fitness.com, and tell me what group fitness real talk you would like to listen to this year. Now, let's get on with the show. 
In the fitness industry of 2020, just staying afloat was an achievement in and of itself. But as we move into 2021, with hopes of a more optimistic future, now is a great time to focus on the changes, what have happened, and how they've altered the fitness industry forever. So how do we get back to a place where we all feel a little bit more comfortable? And what exactly will this new type of normal look like in the coming year? In this podcast episode, I'm going to identify my three key predictions and going to give you some actionable tips to ensure that you maximize these opportunities to your advantage. Right, first up of my predictions is number one, the future is fidgetal. I'm going to give credit where it's due to this one and shout out to previous podcast guest Emma Barry. I'm stealing this one, but I will give you some credit. So fidgetal is the concept of using technology to bridge the digital world with the physical world, with the purpose of providing a unique interactive experience for the user. In any industry, it's so important to think about the end user, the client, the customer. And so when we talk about the fitness future being fidgetal or requiring a combination of in-person and virtual touch points, we're talking now about the patterns of consumption, how our users are using what we're putting out. There will continue to be operators like Peloton or Apple Fitness Plus that continue to operate in the virtual space primarily. And there will be some operators that hold firm and choose not to go digital. But the stark reality is that fitness consumers are now habituated to consuming their fitness content through a combination of in-person and virtual, whether that's at home or traveling. This is the new normal of hybrid delivery. A really great analogy is found in retail. Now, this is an industry whose move into digital was also accelerated in 2020 in a massive way, but they were a little bit further along the technology transformation curve than we were at the start of the year. Just look at your buying habits and the buying habits of your friends and family. There are some people who will always buy online. There are some people who will always buy in shops. But majority of people who are living in a big city where distribution is not a massive problem are moving towards a blended approach where they choose between their options based on choice, convenience, availability, and experience. Look no further than the fashion brand Balenciaga's video game fashion show, which made headlines in December. Retail from the mall and high street right through to the luxury boutique is realigning itself to the new reality of digital consumption. Stores are being reimagined as destination spaces where the brand can be experienced and felt in a way that complements rather than competes with the online e-commerce experience. Fitness is a bit behind in its digital journey, but it is going in the same direction. In-person fitness will continue to be the best-in-class experience, so to speak, but people will expect a decent experience for the extra effort that they've put in in order to be there in person. And people will similarly accept a slightly lower level of experience for the convenience of working out at home. People will definitely return to live classes in 2021. But Apple Fitness entering the market towards the end of the year is proof that the convenience of at-home fitness is here to stay. Lifetime, a big chain in the US, has signed a deal with Apple, and members across their 150 US clubs will be able to sign up to the service by the end of the year. Les Mills has been focusing on their on-demand for years and have just had a big investment of capital, which they've stated clearly will mostly be going to Les Mills on-demand, not the instructor side. 
These are big pivots away from instructor-led in-person classes, and it's definitely a development that anyone in the industry should be watching, but it's not necessarily a cause for alarm. So what can you as an instructor do about it? First thing is don't get overwhelmed. The market is still huge. The pros and cons of Apple Fitness Plus have been discussed at length by the industry. I've done it in this podcast. But the one thing that everyone agrees on is that it has validated fitness in a big way. There's still a high barrier to entry with this product, as you can only use it if you have an Apple Watch. And my view and the view of a lot of people I've talked to is that this should be viewed as proof that digital fitness is here to stay, rather than just as a threat to the industry or to group fitness instructors. As an instructor, I advise you not to stress about the $10 a month all-you-can-eat membership and instead focus on what you and you alone can provide. We can sometimes get caught in our fitness bubble on Facebook or Instagram being served ads from other fitness companies and it might seem like digital fitness is everywhere, fitness is everywhere, the market is saturated. But remember that what you're seeing is based on your use, your consumption, what you're looking at. You're being served a lot more fitness than the average person because you are in fitness. Rest assured, there's a massive market out there for you to access and within reach in a way that it hasn't been before. Adam Zaitsev, who was previously CEO of Gold's Gym and is now president of the digital fitness platform Intellivideo, describes the future for most operators as both hybrid and hyper-local. What hyper-local means is that it's focused around a well-defined community with its primary focus directed towards the concerns of the population of that community. Now that might be geographical, where you live, close to home, or it might be based around some specific niche, a community of people that share some quality that you can appeal to. The Palatons and Apple Fitnesses of the world will, by virtue of their size and scope, always be for everyone. As an instructor or a local operator, Your real opportunity in 2021 will rest on your ability to connect with your niche and your target market. So, you need to figure out your unique approach to digital fitness and ask yourself the following questions. Who is my in-person audience and who is my digital audience? Keep in mind that they are possibly different types of people. What will my setup be? What tech do I need? And the one that I know everyone struggles with, how do I price it? Now, most people price digital at a slightly cheaper price, but it's completely up to you. Think about the value your customer gets from each option and price accordingly. Now, if you need help with any of this, I recommend checking out episodes four and eight of the podcast where we cover off these things in a little bit more detail. Okay, you need to get real with yourself over where you spend your money and effort. This is Group Fitness Real Talk, so I'm going to be real. Those of you who are teaching licensed fitness formats probably need to have a real think about how the digital future impacts you. Les Mills is a company that was way ahead of the curve on this. They've been building a digital business for a number of years through Les Mills On Demand. However, many Les Mills instructors found themselves unable to teach in 2020 because the rules of the instructor license did not permit you to teach for yourself or in many cases online. And this was happening while Les Mills was hoovering up users into Les Mills On Demand, which is unfortunately something that instructors do not and cannot share in. It's just an unfortunate reality of the way the commercial structure works for that company. Contrast this with Zumba, who in 2020 went in the complete opposite direction. 
They spent their development time building a virtual platform specifically for their instructors to deliver virtual classes and earn money for their sessions. So if you go to the Zumba website, you can see that they have created this massive platform and marketplace for instructors to deliver online classes and make money for that effort. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If you want a stable group fitness career moving forward, then you need to take responsibility for your own future. And you can't be reliant on other companies or gyms providing you with opportunities. This doesn't mean that you can't still focus on teaching in a gym or teaching the classes that you love to teach. But you do need to take a good hard look at what you're teaching, what, when and how you're allowed to teach with that program or format, and also the time and cost of what you are teaching If you're teaching things that don't maximize your ability to participate in the digital fitness marketplace of the future, then does it serve you moving forward? Okay, key prediction number two, and this one is that in-person classes will return, but things will be different. So gyms are going to be back, but things are going to change. The fact is we saw the fitness industry decimated in 2020. A very worrying survey from TD Ameritrade found that 59% of Americans don't plan to return to their gym after the pandemic. And Fast Company claimed in an article this week that analysts and industry insiders believe that gyms and fitness studios as we know them could become a thing of the past. Personally, for the reasons we've already discussed, I don't believe that this prediction is accurate. Especially because the distinction between attending a gym physically or using their digital product will start to fall away. But the realities are troubling. There's no better example of this than 24-Hour Fitness, who went into receivership in mid-2020 at the cost of thousands of jobs and hundreds of locations. But there are some green shoots coming through. Since Christmas, there's been the news that 24-Hour is likely to come out of receivership towards the end of this year, after consolidating its operations, which is great news for everyone. But for 24's future, and for other UK chains like David Lloyd and Virgin Active, who have also had uh, their their financial insecurity reported on in recent weeks, things are going to change, and they're going to change across the board for every single gym. Okay, so here are the things that you're likely to see. Schedules are going to be lighter. And because of social distancing requirements that are probably going to roll on for a while, class sizes are going to be smaller. Costs are likely to be stripped out wherever possible. What this means for instructors is that there will be less opportunity and probably more expectation, including around cleaning. Finally, it's possible that costly license formats will be swapped out in favor of cheaper license-free alternatives. Think here of Mossa, for example. Now, if you're at all concerned about whether physical gyms will come back, then look no further than the markets and to the biggest players in digital. Peloton, the poster child of digital, made their biggest purchase at the very end of 2020, paying $420 million for the equipment manufacturer Precore. Now this added $5 billion to their company valuation. I'm not going to get into how crazy that is, but what you should take away as an instructor is that if the biggest name in digital fitness has invested this heavily in the physical gym market, it's a good sign that you should feel confident that in-person experiences that physical gyms will be back. But another way it will be different, hygiene, safety, and security will be required at all levels. 
So guys, the fact is we're now in a place where gold standard cleanliness and hygiene is the price of the ticket. It's the price of entry to the fitness market rather than a premium benefit. Whether you teach in a gym or for yourself, you need to prepare for at least a year, if not more, of greater attention to all aspects of the cleaning process. And you need to be able to explain the steps you take around hygiene to any prospective client. Lastly, fitness instructors' roles will expand. Fitness instructors who are lucky enough to retain their classes in gyms are now a host. You will need to hone your ability to make people feel safe and comfortable. That probably includes some rigorous cleaning, but that's not different to anyone these days. In a world of less classes and less opportunity, what makes you different and special is going to become even more important. If you need some help with that, I recommend going back to episode three of this podcast with body pump legend Susan Renata, where we give you a fantastic exercise for determining your unique strengths. Finally, once you know what your unique strengths are, Work to build your personal brand. If, after 2020, you still think that you can make a sustainable career riding on the coattails of a fitness format, a club, or a studio, then you haven't been watching what's just happened. Control your career upfront by understanding the value of your time and connection. Right, third big prediction for the year, and this is the one that truly excites me and makes me feel really hopeful about the change that we as an industry can create in the world. The final key prediction for the year is that health and fitness will become a priority in a way that it never was before. So I'm sure you've seen on Facebook or on Instagram people stating that fitness instructors are essential workers, and I couldn't agree more. Whether or not governments recognize this currently, fitness professionals are primary healthcare providers. We are people that help people to not get sick and in the first instance to protect their health and live longer lives. The diseases of inactivity, so cardiovascular disease, diabetes, obesity, increased blood pressure, all of these things are huge risk factors for COVID and are almost certain to be risk factors for any other pandemic that we are forced to endure. Not to mention the fact that COVID and respiratory viruses aside, your mortality risk is doubled with any of these diseases. And then we move on to mental illnesses, which are highly related to inactivity, depression, and anxiety. These are on the rise as well, and having terrible impacts on people's quality of life. Exercise helps to protect against all of these illnesses. And despite the reality of many gyms and facilities being closed in 2021 due to worries about people's health, the opinion of the scientific community and the political leadership in every country could not be more clear. Physical fitness is one of the best ways to protect against COVID and any other future pandemic or disease. Some of you might have heard Chris Whitty, the UK's chief medical advisor, who spoke in a keynote to UK Active towards the end of last year. What he said was, as we come out of the COVID-19 crisis, it's very important that we try to get people who've got out of the habit of regular exercise back into a situation where they're doing it and encourage others who've taken up exercise in a way they previously hadn't done to continue. According to Dr. Chris Whitty, there is no point in life where doing more exercise does not improve health in multiple ways. In his words, exercise is essential to a happy and healthy old age, and it's also extremely important to provide opportunities for those with mental or physical disabilities to be physically active. 
It's really easy to think in terms of what we lost in 2020 and how our ability to teach or exercise in our usual settings was restricted for so much of the year. And I know it's going on for some people into 2021. But I think it's so important that we acknowledge some of the gains that were made this year. Thanks to those who were already regular exercisers being forced to work out at home in front of their family and flatmates, sedentary people were forced to watch their housemates and family working out, and in many cases people joined in for the first time. This represents a huge new market for fitness professionals to target, and it's also the section of the population most in need of the benefits that fitness brings. This is exemplified by a really interesting study coming out of Belgium just after the first lockdown. This showed that while people who self-reported as high exercise individuals spent slightly less time working out during lockdown, adults who self-identified as low exercise, so sedentary people, they actually reported that they spent more time working out in lockdown than before. It's difficult to come to a really rock-solid conclusion about why this is the case, but it seems certain that the fact that fitness is a key factor in protecting against the virus played a part, along, of course, with the desire to get out of the house for that one hour of physical activity per day. The end of COVID-related restrictions, which I know sadly looks set to continue into much of 2021, provides us with a unique opportunity to capitalize on the clear messaging about health and fitness throughout the pandemic in order to reach sections of the community that we weren't reaching before. Our industry has, for a long time, for too long, I think a lot of us agree, focused on aesthetics and short-term transformations as the key motivators for selling memberships and getting more people into our classes and facilities. And this is messaging that's clearly worked with a particular segment, and that is the young, the motivated, and the educated but it is for the most part completely failed to resonate with the section of the population that could most stand to benefit. That classic 20% of people exercise, 80% of people don't percentage that we hear rocked all the time still applies. Now, the researchers in the Belgian study noted that from a behavioral standpoint, the gains made by the previously sedentary populations during lockdown were probably at a very high risk of not being maintained. And that's because they were based on extrinsic or external factors, and that was the fact that people were locked down. Most theories conclude that people are most likely to continue with the behavior when that behavior is intrinsically or internally motivated, when it comes from inside. My challenge to group fitness instructors in 2021 and beyond is to take this opportunity to think about how you can expand your reach to the massive cohort of people who are willing to give exercise a chance who previously were not. Utilize this newfound focus on health as a disease prevention tool to communicate with older sections of the population who know that being fit will help them lead a longer life. Make the most of people's newfound digital awareness to reach the people on the couch who will still be on the couch when the gyms reopen. Let Apple Fitness Plus and Peloton go after the existing exercise market and consider how you can reach people who need it more and who are more likely to be intimidated or put off by the hot fitness model like presenters, but who might well feel welcomed by authentic, locally-based instructors who look and sound like them. 
I suggest you consider leaving the shredded seven-week challenge Beachbody Abs wedding transformation to the likes of F45 and the big box gyms and focus on creating fitness for life for your community. The local people that you can reach. The friends and family of your current members that you can easily reach out to and create change with. Understand that a fitness class might be a step too far for some people and start a walking group for people brand new to exercise in your local community. Use that as a lever to get people engaged with you as a fitness leader and then into your classes. Now, if you want some help with how you go about building this, I recommend you go back and listen to episode nine of the podcast with Bevan, where he talks about how his running group is fostering community and how he gets people up to 5K with runners who are brand new to running and often brand new to exercise. It's about building community and starting small with something achievable. Try to reach the 80% of people who don't exercise rather than the 20% of people who are already being targeted by the big guns on social media. Start thinking about exercise as medicine and consider your role as a primary healthcare professional helping to improve and extend people's lives and decrease the burden on every country's overburdened health system. My final thought is this. Apple Fitness Plus is but one of many companies who understand that fitness and healthcare are merging. As we continue to track our steps and record our sleep, movement will become intertwined with health in a way that it hasn't been before. How can you as an instructor position yourself in a way that will allow you to not just capitalize on this massive untapped market, but also help those in your community who need your services the most to move? 2021 is a stressful, nerve-wracking, exciting, hopeful time to be in the fitness industry. And there is so much work to be done. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe for all the latest episodes, wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please drop us a review. You can also get in touch with me at will at shiftfitnesswithaone.com. I'm Will Brereton, and you've been listening to Group Fitness Real Talk.